hanging around, hanging around. Kids got alligator blood. Welcome to the Six Podcast. This is the host in the machine, Pablo Petrucci. One thing I can say about today's episode is um, these go to eleven. That's right. It goes to eleven. Um, for those of you that don't know Spinal Tap, <laughs> well, I've been listening to the Sword. I've been exercising to metal. Um, I've been uh, referenced, so it makes sense to reference Spinal Tap. <laughs> um. And uh, I'm definitely going through my uh, my metal phase of my uh, 30 day goal because I just finished day 11 of my 30 day goal for uh, consecutive exercise. Uh, I feel like a soldier just getting up and doing it day in day out, no matter how I feel, no matter what I think. I'm just doing it and not really, you know. I'm definitely at a point now where I, I there's a lot less. Uh, there are a lot less mental gymnastics required for me to kind of motivate myself to do it. But the urge, the dragon is still there trying to get me to um, give up. It's just the dragon is weaker, but he's still there and the dragon can still kill you. It's interesting that I'm listening to a band like The Sword. First of all, it's called The Sword. They have a song that references axes. And, you know, my mind is you know, occasionally being overcome with this, you know, symbolic imagery. And I find it interesting that in a period of, hopefully a period of transformation that I'm undergoing, that it's interesting that during this period, my mind starts to occasionally wander into these imaginative elements of dragons Swords, battle, blood, forests, wolves, winter, death, metal. <laughs> uh, it's interesting that my mind is 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 wandering into those directions. Um, I would say, yeah, in this last sort of month, every once in a while anyway, I find myself clumsily stumbling backwards into some kind of Jungian landscape where my mind is occasionally overtaken by images of dragons, lions, forests, beasts, demons, which are only partially understandable. And I I wonder, you know, under the Jungian model, it's not random. It's when your mind is overloaded with this kind of imagery, it's because your, your intuition, your unconscious your instincts are speaking to you. But because it is the unconscious, it's difficult to understand, it's difficult to interpret. I feel like I can only partially understand what my unconscious is telling me, but I I think, I feel like if you're overcome with images of animals, you know, Carl Jung would say that it's your instincts, that you need to be in touch with your instincts. And that's sort of how I'm feeling right now, especially when you're exercising, you definitely feel more in touch with your body and like your body's talking to you. Like I said, I'm I'm developing a relationship with it.
Uh, especially for people like me, if you're like me where you prefer to be reading, prefer to be in your head more than anywhere else, um, it can be a really significant challenge to be more in an embodied state of mind. Um, and certainly animals are, are more embodied, let's say. So there's some truth there about your unconscious. It's like my unconscious is calling me, you know, from deep in the woods to come out and play. And, um, you know, it can be pretty powerful. So I'm answering the call, you know, to play with uh, the animals. And um, I think partly if you have images of animals, you know what I mean, and you're sort of being drawn to them, it's because it's your unconscious telling you you need to be in touch with your instincts, and that's a good thing. Especially for someone like me, I think it's context dependent. So someone like me um, needs to be more in touch with my instincts because I'm the type of person I, I much would I would much rather prefer to say the right thing at the right time and in the right way. That's Aristotle, and I'm I, I'm of course drawn to that philosophy. If you're a writer, or a journalist, an academic, or an artist, you're always looking to say the right thing and in the right way and at the right time. And it sort of goes at odds to some degree with instincts and intuition because um, trusting your instincts and trusting your intuition means that there's a certain, um, uh, there's a certain level of underdetermination. You're, you're never really sure quite what you're gonna say or how you're gonna say it. It's just gonna kind of pop out and maybe it comes out clean and maybe it doesn't. And I think that's part of the instinctive drive or the intuitive drive is to be more in the moment and um, to sort of surrender to it and try not to control it so much by getting the perfect word or the right phrase. Um, and for a guy like me and in, in my personal life, that's a welcome change. I don't think that's true for everybody. There are a lot of people where I kind of feel like you're a little too instinctive and a little too intuitive and you need to shut the hell up and think before you speak. I would say that's probably true for a lot of people, but not everybody's like that. There are other people like me who are too much on the other end, trying to control too much of what they say and how they say it, rather than allowing a bit more leeway and freedom. You know, maybe that's why I'm drawn to images of forests and mountains because there's a the panorama and the landscape is very welcoming because there's a sense of freedom that you can go in one direction, you can go in another, and you can get lost in the woods. So you can go out in the mountains, you know? And it could be too that I'm living in a very urban city life. So maybe I'm drawn to the, to, to the images of nature because I'm having too much of the um, city life, of the urban way. So that could be it too. Um, one of the other things, too, I think that the power of animalistic imagery, I think, comes with the freedom to make mistakes and the openness of a landscape. The power of the symbolism is the freedom to go in one direction and then go in another. And in other words, the freedom to make mistakes, which, again, makes sense, given what I've been talking about right now. So... Um, the freedom to make mistakes, I was thinking about that, uh, came to mind when I was exercising, means the freedom to be embarrassed by what you say. 
It means the freedom to uh, admit that you're overweight and that you're out of shape and that it's embarrassing. And um, there's a liberation that comes with it of admitting it to yourself and acknowledging it to yourself. And just going, here's something I don't like and here's something about my way of life that can't continue indefinitely and I'm just going to have to uh, immerse myself in a different way of life in order to overcome my previous um, foibles. So there is something about animalism too that I think of is is the just you're not expecting an animal to be intelligent <laughs> in a certain way. I mean, anim animals are very intelligent in a crafty kind of way and in an instinctive way, but they're not intelligent obviously in the way that you would associate with Einstein or something like that. So you're not expected to. And I think there's a part of us that needs to express itself in that way of just instinct, just intuition. And it's sort of sloppy and messy and, um, and it's human in a way. It is very human. It, I was thinking, so on the one hand, you'll have someone like Aristotle who is telling you, you know, there's an ideal that we are searching for, which is to do the appropriate thing in the appropriate manner and at the appropriate time, but it's so elusive. Um, and I, 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 I sort of aspire to it in some respects, but in other ways, I think Adorno, Theodore Adorno and uh, Max Horkheimer in the culture industry, there's a passage in, in their essay that says the importance of of taking risks and making mistakes and getting it wrong. That nothing could be, in a sense, more human, more natural, um, and in a sense, healthy. I mean, they don't use the word healthy, but it's, I think, can be inferred from what they're writing, which is that um, mass culture and mass-produced culture is constantly trying to, per, to perfect something, to predict something, to predict the outcome and control it so that it can be commodified and profited from. And uh, which makes sense, but uh, if you take it to the degree that we experience now in our culture, it, it's clearly dehumanizing. And um, so maybe I'm a product of that. I don't know. I'm not too inclined to believe it entirely, but I think there's something to that observation. And um, certainly that's a part of how I'm doing things. And so you have to leave room for the mistakes. You have to leave room for getting it wrong and you just, in the end, you have to commit to and surrender to the process. And that's true for exercising and changing your life and transforming it, you know, but that's also true of podcasting. That's partly why I like podcasting is, you know, you can be creative and artistic with it, but the joy of podcasting is in the process. It's in the, the weekly sort of almost daily ritual of it, of just getting into it and then moving on, getting into it and then moving on. And every once in a while you might have an episode that's really memorable, but it's more about the process and the daily ritual of it. And uh, so far it's been really rewarding. So I hope, um, this helps you guys out if you guys are trying to transform your life in some way or transform a part of yourself in some way. In other news, the black cat is still kind of freaking me out a little bit. 
I went to the washroom at like two or three in the morning, you know, take a leak. And I'm walking and it's pitch black in the place. And when you have a black cat just fucking roaming around, you know, lurking, leering at you with its creepy green eyes and you don't see it. You're just walking in the dark, fumbling with no glasses on. Everything's blurry. And all of a sudden you just hear, you know, I don't know. It's fucking freaky. (laughs) I will never be a cat person. I never thought I'd be so irrational as to say, because really, I mean, who gives a shit? But for some reason, cats just don't do it for me. And I'm sorry to say that. And I apologize. I'm sorry, cat lovers. I just can't like them. Prefer a dog. I like the dogs are loud and boisterous and you can hear them from a mile away. You know, this cat is like lurking in the shadows. (laughs) How freaky is that? Okay, enough of the cat. Anyway, today was day 11, 11 days straight of exercise. And for those of you that have managed to go 11 days overcoming something, reward yourself. Do it. Don't hesitate. Okay? Talk to you soon. Bye. These go to 11.